Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. Okay, I'm delighted to welcome Jager Wise to the podcast. Jager is the award-winning head brewer at Wildcard Brewery in Walthamstow. She's also an author, TV and radio presenter with a regular slot on Radio 4's food programme and landlady of the Tavern on the Hill pub. And we've just found out that you've been named as one of Waitrose's top most influential women in food. Oh, <laughs> hello. Is there no end to your CV? Oh, I keep it busy. <laughs> So welcome, Jager. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. You're more than qualified to talk to us about today's subject, which is brewing. Could you tell us a bit about your journey and how you ended up in the brewing business? Oh, um, it's quite accidental, actually. So I was, I'm from Nottingham originally. Yeah. Some people may pick up a twang in, in, in my accent. Um, and that is kind of the place where to have fun, you go to the pub. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that you don't realise you're building an amazing foundation for beer just because of your environment. Yeah. So going to the pub and drinking cask beer, drinking um, uh, pale ales, et cetera, et cetera, it's just kind of what you do for fun. And then I went to Loughborough Uni, which is really close by, and um, and I did chemical engineering there. And then I went and wor- worked in water treatment for a few years. And I was home brewing as well. So all the while I was accidentally building the perfect oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect storm. For, yeah, yeah. for a career in beer. And then I, I moved to London and I, I I quit my job with no no real plan. Yeah. I got a job in a pub just to help pay my rent. And then um uh my a couple of friends of mine who I used to homebrew with and go to beer festivals with, they they were saying, Oh, you know what? Um we're thinking of of taking this beer thing seriously. And I said, Oh, I'm not I'm not doing too much. I'm quite free. I'll help you. Yeah. And then that was 11 years ago. Wow. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was it. I, I kind of fell into it. Yeah. Um, like the best things, it's an accident. Yeah. Life, but um, it was meant to be. And the more you, the more you, the more you drink beer, the more you're around beer. Um, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah, you you get into it a little bit, and then I love the fact that like, you, that most people um, or brewers that I've talked to, I suppose it, it it's got to start with homebrewing, hasn't it? Because um, I remember I had I was talking to the guys from Tiny Rebel in Newport, mm. and they 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 started brewing in their garage, and yeah. then started selling to local pubs, and then you know they they're huge now, and it's like. But but that's what's great about it is the you know the way you can start. You you've written a book as well. I mentioned you an author called Wild Brews, which came out last year, and um, I dipped into it a bit. And wow, it's um, it's, it's re- it goes really deep. I mean, I would recommend it for anybody who wants to start thinking about because it is a, it's about home brewing. Yeah. But it's 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 got all of the building blocks there for if you wanted to move into um to a you know professional. Yeah. Um, but let's start with your ten points and um. You, first of all, you say, um, you know, make good beer. Sounds, sounds simple <laughs> enough, but I guess you stand or fall by the quality of your beers. Oh, my goodness, yes. So um, the key, one of the key things to opening a brewery is yeah. to make good beer. And it sounds really <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Um, but I think where we are now in 2023, uh, we are kind of post the craft beer massive boom that happened yeah. around, around the world. And we're in a situation where mediocrity is just not accepted, if yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree, yeah. Um, so if you go out, it's it's very hard to actually find like a a bad, a terrible craft beer like in London now because the competition is just too fierce. Mm. So I, I would say the mistakes that, that you could make and the mistakes that people were making uh, when things were really kicking off, um, I would say those mistakes, that time is, has long passed. Yeah. Because um, you... I think I read in your book that the difference in um I haven't got the figures but you know when you started out it was in like it was in double figures and now it's in triple figures in terms oh, of yeah. breweries and that's just in London. That's just in London, yeah. yeah. So, so when I I started out um there was 10 breweries in yeah. London and uh today there's about 110. Wow. Uh, and that's just London. So yeah. you can imagine that's repeated all over the country. Yeah. It's competed uh, repeated in lots of places around the world as well. Yeah. It's not just the UK. And it's a great scene. It's nice to be able to go into like your bog standard pub and see something surprising on the taps, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's what's great about the revolution. Um, next, you say, don't go it alone. Is, is teamwork really important? <laughs> is that like... <laughs> I would say, um, I just think it's really important to surround yourself with people mm. who have a different skill set to you. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things that I've learned, even though I, I, I do try to do a lot, but um, you can't do everything yeah. and you can't be great at everything. And I think it's important to know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and surround mm. yourself by people who have opposite strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, so at Wildcard, I'm really, really lucky. And um, again, we kind of have a, a trio that you don't even realise you're building kind of the, a good business setup. But my, my colleague, Andrew, um, he's from an economics background. He handles the money. Good. Um, Will, he's from, um, he'll he'll talk your ear off. He's, he's sales <laughs> and he's very got a very good taste. So he just sells and marketing. Yeah. And, and me, I'm obviously technical and um, I'm a beer sommelier, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I do product. Yeah. And you don't realise just that's a really good foundation uh, so I, I would say, if you can, 
uh, get yourself a really good team, yeah. and a team of a team of friends, if possible, because I think things are really tested when things are stressful and things are going wrong, et cetera, et cetera. If you, if you have a background in friendship, I think that really helps. Yeah. And I guess remembering that it's not, you can make the best beer in the world, but unless you've got, can sell it. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> unless you have decent cash flow, unless yeah, you can yeah. sell it, it means nothing. It means nothing. It's just going to um, sit in that yeah. cask. Let's talk about branding because I know that's a big part of Wildcard. Yeah. yeah. What happens there? So um, the branding side of it is actually really exciting. So what we decided to do a few years ago is um, six years ago or so, mm. we decided to really trim the core range down into three products and then have a monthly rotation of specials. Yeah. So we release a group of beers, normally three to four beers at once, that are all part of the same theme. Uh, for example, we had like the dinosaur theme, which was just little dinosaurs. <laughs> and um, and what we do is we work with a different artist each time. Yeah. It allows me to tell a story across a wider range of beers in terms of flavour. It allows an artist, um, usually up and coming new artists, because we yeah. like to, we work direct with, with the artist. Brilliant. And um, <clears throat> it, it just allows us to, to showcase like really cool, really cool artwork. And I know where we're coming from. We don't follow any branding rules. Right. Um, we never have really. It took us until probably about two years ago to put our name on the front of the can, which is pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Will uh, was adamant, absolutely adamant. No. Really? No, people will just know it's us. Yeah, because... <laughs> I know for the first for the first two years of the business, there was nothing on the bottle at all, just a playing card wrapped around the top. Wow. And um <laughs> it was Will's idea to no, we're not gonna have our name on it anywhere. And then like legal labelling yeah. soon put a stop to that. Because they needed to know Because you need to know like, <laughs> what's in it, ingredients, yeah. like et cetera, et cetera. So so he's always come from a um like it has to be beautiful. Yeah. Um and if you're going to spend good money on on a product, yeah. it has to feel good, look good. You have to be excited by it. Mm. And I think you're quite lucky at the kind of smaller end of the market where if you're releasing a special, it's a one-off. Yeah. You have the freedom to do that. Yeah. So why not make it beautiful? Yeah, because if you, if you go into kind of bottle shops these days and you go to the, the craft beer, you know, fridge... The artwork's spectacular, isn't it? The it's almost is like everyone's just trying to outdo each other with they the artwork. They are, because they are. <laughs> it's a, because it's it's a battle of the shelf. Yeah. You're after the battle of the shelf. So yeah. whatever you can do to make your product look better than somebody else's product, yeah. whether that's in feel, look. Um, and what's, what's super interesting is I really stay away from this area. So I stay away from what's in the... So I, I'm focused on what's in the can, yeah. if that makes sense. So we have different parts of the team focused on, on different areas. So yeah. I'm focused on the quality the and, quality and the, the, beer. the equality yeah. of the beer and making sure the beer is the best beer that we can yeah. make. Um, <clears throat> and my colleague is making sure it looks like the best beer. Yeah. So And I, th I think that, that that's quite important. <laughs> Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Well, something a bit more practical <laughs> for people who've got fantasies about the glam side of brewing. Um, this is a bit more down to earth. You say you have to be a fan of cleaning. Oh, yeah. And in fact, in the book, you say the life of a brewer is 80% cleaning, 20% paperwork, which is not yeah. glamorous at all. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people think it's all um, swirling beer samples yeah. and drinking beer and going to events. There is some of that, and that is yeah. very fun. But... It's like, there's a lot of cleaning yeah. in, in beer. And it's not so much, um, obviously, the physical act. You just get very used to, very quickly, cleaning up disgusting messes quickly without fuss. Right. And I would stress on the without fuss. Because you can ask anyone to clean something. Yeah. But it's people's attitude around cleaning something. I yeah. think it's what's really important in, in brewing. If something's filthy... How, how do you make something not filthy? You just clean it. Yeah. And you do it easily without fuss. And I think that is really um, brewing. It's just one mess after another. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, 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 you've got to be okay with, the, yeah. with, with that side of it. And it's a fundamental, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, otherwise it's, it's going to spoil and your whole product's going to be... Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a whole section dedicated to cleaning. <laughs> In the book, yeah. and, and there's literally a it's bit boring, where, like, but it needs to be done. No, I, I literally said, and lecture over, but it has to be said. Yeah. Um, so I, I operate, I operate three levels of clean. Yeah, three levels of clean. So there's uh, physically clean. Yeah, the standard is would I eat off it, right? Then there's chemically clean. So that is a caustic, or at home you might think it's like washing up liquid, right? Kind of, kind of yeah. uh, level clean. Then there's microbiologically clean. Wow. So we're looking at sanitized. Uh, and different parts of the brewing process require different levels of, of, of clean. Yeah. And if you get those things wrong, 
It doesn't matter how good of a setup you have, your equipment, none of that matters. Mm. You will get bad beer. Yeah. Um, so I'm a massive, massive believer in it doesn't matter what equipment you have. Like in the book, I write about the, I use the pots and pans method. Yeah. The most simple of all brewing methods. It's got, it's not about your equipment at all. It's yeah. about how well you clean and process um, and quality of ingredients, yeah. of course, and your mouth and your taste. <laughs> it, it is lots Everything, of things, yeah. really. <laughs> and the labels. <laughs> yeah, and the labels. <laughs> I'm selling it. <laughs> um, you also th- say it's important to get educated. Um, can anyone learn to be a brewer? Do you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So with the get educated, for me, when I became a beer sommelier, mm. I became a better brewer. So there was a direct link okay. be- between um, being able to taste well taste it, yeah. and being able to brew well. And so that, that for me personally was very important on, on my journey. H- however, I also feel just generally as a woman in the industry, mm. there's a higher a higher level, a higher level of accountability Okay. Um, that I've always found when you're questioned, it's very useful to be like, oh, let me just get my education in this written down piece of paper to give to you <laughs> yeah. if you question me. You, yeah. know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, um, so so I've, I've always found that really, really important and very helpful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get educated. And I guess there's always new things to learn. Like I... I did read that chapter on tasting and you said it's like you should be tasting all the way through the process you know and each little bit of the process tasting will tell you what's happening with your beer yeah absolutely and the key key thing you have is your tongue that's the key is your mouth and your tongue and there is no equipment on this earth that can replicate the human the human tongue yeah and it's literally practice yeah and anybody can do it. And it's really interesting when you look into the world of taste. Some people are more sensitive or less sensitive to certain flavors and smells. Mm. And it's important to to know what they are and to identify that within your own team. Yeah. Just because if someone in your team who's particularly sensitive to a, to a particular off flavor, if they can pick something out that you can't, it's important that you trust their judgment because you know their palate is more sensitive to it than you are. Yeah. It's just those little details of um, of making sure you know your tongue, you know your mouth, and also just try everything. Yeah. Do you think, like, having that le- those le- different levels of education and becoming a beer sommelier made you push your beer making into different styles? Oh, know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Part of the sommelier training is your across all styles. Right. And it's important you're across all styles. So you really get to to know intimately lots of different beers that perhaps the UK is not particularly known for. Right. And it's what... It, well, my interest was sparked before, but, for example, we're really close to Belgium. Yeah. They make the best sour beers yeah. and lambic beers in the entire world. And we are a train ride away from yeah. King's Cross. <laughs> And so we're in such a luxurious position here. We are surrounded by beer culture in the UK. We've got the juggernaut that is Germany mm. and their knowledge of um, uh, uh, lagers, making them to yeah. the highest of standards. It's hard to get a bad pint in Germany. Yeah. Um, so, And we have the UK. So, so here we are a, a country with massive brewing history and yeah. culture and um, 
and cask beer is an absolute in- institution here. So um, it is important to be a cross sector, in my opinion. And I think if you get into professional beer judging and you can be plonked into any area. Yeah. And it's it, it was it was something that I learned a number of years ago is your palate has to be good across all styles. Yeah. Is if you had to choose one, I know it's probably like choosing your children. <laughs> is is there one that you would you would say this is this is the one that's closest to my heart or the one that really gets you excited? Um beer is so situational. Yeah, right. It's beer is one of those drinks where Yes, it's about the great beer, yeah. but a lot of it is about the venue you're in. Is the sun shining? Are you with your mates? Yeah, right. Are you with? There's that pint you have after a hard day's work. Yeah, does doesn't really matter that much what you're drinking, <laughs> but there's the satisfaction of it. Yeah, beer, beer does that in a way that I think probably no other drink does. I don't know, maybe a glass of red wine does that for me sometimes. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so for me, I mean, what I'm loving right now in this moment, so I'm really enjoying sessionability. Right, yeah, So too. I'm really enjoying three and a half percent hazy pails. I don't think there's enough of them out there. I think there was this massive thing going like six percent and over, which yeah. is, that's not good in a pint. That's just going <laughs> to knock you. Well, I'm speaking for myself. Uh, not one no, it's not going to knock everyone over. Yeah, um, so I've, I've literally just released one actually called Pisces, which is three and a half percent session pale. Yeah, I totally agree. I just love them. I yeah. think they're so good. A couple of them and you're good and wake up the next yeah, day. Exactly. You'd be fine. fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. <laughs> um, let's talk about um, the importance of making friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Making friends. So what I mean by this, the importance of making friends is... It's important to know other people in your industry yeah. because problems arise constantly and your neighbour is going to have had that problem before or yeah. their neighbour is going to have had that problem before. It's important to build your network. Yeah. And we're really lucky. Obviously, I brew in London. There's something called the London Brewers Alliance here. It basically means all the breweries within the M25 meet up for a drink about every two months. And the amount of um, benefit that adds, you're having a problem with your beer, uh, all the discussions we have surrounding issues, it's just, yeah, so so make friends, go to the events, learn from others. Your learning is never complete. Do brewers share? I mean, will they share their wisdom? Oh, they overshare. (laughs) (laughs) They overshare. Especially after a few pints Um, of 6%. Yeah. I think that there is very few things Mm. I wouldn't tell another brewer. There are some things I wouldn't. Um, So I I make a table beer recipe, which is 2.7%. You'd never tell it's 2.7%. Drinks like a a 4.5%er. Wow. Really thick body. Um, it, it won uh, best low ABV uh, a, a couple of, anyway what have you and um, people are after me for that recipe are they yeah yeah and it, that I will never <laughs> tell I'll take that to my grave uh, so stuff like that commercially sensitive no but pretty much ninety nine point nine nine nine. I love 99, that though 99%. I would have thought it was a little bit like cards close to your chest but oh no. no no it's why the beer industry has so many collaborations yeah that's... and often. Often collaborations are not financially gaining for anybody. Yeah. 
Um, but it's more like a, oh, you do this thing. I It means I admire you as a brewer. Yeah. I want to come and hang out with you. That's yeah. basically what it means. Who have some of your favourite clubs been with? Oh, um, I'm quite lucky that I've done um, I've done some really cool collabs. Um, we did Cloudwater oh, twice. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing. Um, we did Beavertown uh, a few years ago, just before the pandemic. Yeah. I've just done one with uh, called Nipperland, which is as it sounds. Yeah, Nipper's ostentatious six and a half percent. Not for me. Yeah, incredibly hoppy. Yeah, that's New England IPA. New England IPA. Yeah, and I did that with Barron Asvex. Um, uh, dig an attic brewery. Oh wow! So, so I, I am constantly um, like looking for new people to work with, and it's it's a really fun, fun thing it's to nice do. Nice way I of think. keeping things fresh as well, isn't it? A yeah, great way of sharing. keeping things fresh. Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to get your beers out to as many people as possible. So, starting your own tap room oh, yeah. is a great way to do it. And apart from that, you got a pub as well yeah, <laughs> another well. good way to do yeah. it I think um, I think if you want to run a brewery yeah. you've got to have outlets to yeah. the, the public I think I think the time has passed when and people still do it people still do it where they just have a brewery yeah. and they don't have venues and in London I don't think it's possible financially genuinely but because obviously here just rents are just so high yeah. but as in having that venue to sell your own products yeah. if all else fails you can sell it through that. the tap room yeah. and it adds a cash flow to the business so i think that is is just absolutely key are there advantages as well of like i guess the beers as fresh as it can possibly oh, yeah. be the beers as fresh as as possible it means that often so we we have at the we're lucky at wildcard we've got three three venues now so we've yeah. got um, two tap rooms. We have the barrel store. We have um, where the brewery is, so the tap room, and then we have the pub. Yeah. And um, beer comes off the line at the brewery and goes straight behind the tap. So, if if for whatever reason you have an issue, number one, you spot it first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably else. Um, and number two, it's just it's just it's so unbelievably fresh. Yeah. And and I think the public like that I think yeah and how did you um end up taking over Tavern on the Hill oh it's a bit of a story this yeah. <laughs> um so when we first started we had no money that was our general we we're from the Midlands quite like poor upbringing so we had literally no money so we um we got together we like to say the price of a secondhand Ford Fiesta, right? That's, you know, the kind of money I'm talking about yeah. here. Um, and we use that to pay for rent on another brewery space. So okay. we went to another brewery and we brewed a batch. And we're like, okay, oh, where are we going to put this beer? And I remember it was, I think it was like 10 casks and some bottles as well. Where are we going to put this beer? You can't really store it in your house, even though we did store it in our house. <laughs> anyway, so... We went to our local pub yeah. and we said, there's a guy called Rob, and we said, oh, I'll tell you what, if you let us store the beer in your basement, yeah. we'll give you a cask. So we exchanged beer for rent, yeah. essentially. And he, he let us do our thing in the basement, uh, me and Will uh, tying these labels on these bottles and and, and sending out the, the beer in a van. And then, so many years later, that same pub failed in covid Oh. And it's literally five minutes walk from the brewery. Oh. And because we knew um, Rob and we were always known as the 
as the crazy brewery that's in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so the locals knew us. Yeah. They kind of knew 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 what we were about. And in East London, that's important. Um, so yeah, so we we made him an offer, and he gave us a nice long lease. So yeah, yeah so yeah, so we have the same pub that we essentially started in, which yeah. is really nice. And as a, as landlady, are you often to be found behind the bar? Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, depends on the situation. So mm-hmm. the tavern recently went viral. Yeah. On TikTok. Did it? It did, yeah. What, what were you doing? It went viral. Um, <laughs> so it went viral for its Caribbean Sunday roast. Oh, I read that. Yeah, the that was my pub. Sunday- wow. <laughs> my okay, so Stormzy came. Right. That's big. As a consequence of it going viral, we had just had celeb after celeb after celeb. So Stormzy came. We obviously, when Stormzy goes anywhere, he obviously, his people call in advance, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so we knew he was coming a few days before. Yeah. So I was like, how do I talk to Stormzy in a way that's like not no. creepy, right? <laughs> so I was like, I'll waitress. So I was just like, can I get another drink, Stormzy? <laughs> the whole day. So yes, I worked very hard that day. Uh, I had, had my waitress shoes on. Oh my um, God. Yeah. So when needs must. But but we're really lucky. We have a, yeah, a great a bar team, manager yeah. called Jamie and a good team. Um, running the venue, but yeah. when needs must. And have your have your numbers increased since that day of people coming in for a yeah, drink? Yeah, yeah, no, it's fully booked until <laughs> until goodness knows when. It's insane, um, but yes, it's the power of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Is the is the uh, roast the jerk Sunday roast? Yeah. So it's it's like I've seen it. There's Yorkshire pudding, isn't there? Yeah, and there it, is, so yeah. it looks like a Sunday roast, but the there's jerk gravy and jerk chicken. So and, it's it's a, it's a really it? it's a really interesting thing because in the Caribbean community it's like really normal. Yeah. To do just like it's basically a normal British Sunday roast. Yeah. With extra bits. I love this. So it's basically normal Sunday dinner. Yeah. But your chicken might be jerk chicken. Yeah. Or it might or be like might lamb be, or or, yeah, what, or, what, whatever or whatever meat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever meat. Rice and peas. Oh. Macaroni cheese. Yeah. Good. Plantain. Yeah. So it's like quad carb. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? It's what you need on a Sunday. Plus all the normal like uh, um, uh, roast potatoes and Yorkshire pudding and stuff. So we just did, like, it was pretty normal for us. And the fact that it caught attention, we're like, oh my goodness. And then if you speak to, if you speak to 99.999% of Caribbean chefs, they'll be like, oh yeah, like a a Caribbean, they all know what it is. They all make it at home. Yeah. But but we just did it kind of commercially. (laughs) And it caught on. And I know that's booked up forever, but if people want to check it out, it's a tavern on the hill in East 17. East 17, yeah. Cool. And I wanted to talk a bit about events, as you've got a great one coming up next week for International Women's Day, haven't you? And I want to talk about women in brewing and how important that is. Let's talk a bit about that. So uh, it's my 10th year hosting the International Women's Day Brew. And it's basically an open invite to, to, to all women, any women. If you want to come and brew for the day, just come by. It's on March the 8th. It starts at 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. But you can come any time in the day. And what we do is we, we're we actively brewing a beer. Yep. So I very quickly identify the brewers in the room. <laughs> there's normally there's normally a number of them. Like, come on, you guys are looking after the beer. And then we'll run workshops throughout the day. And the whole purpose of the whole event is to um, promote women in beer through yeah. collaboration and education. So we spend a lot of the day doing workshops and having fun and networking and um, to be honest with you, having a really good time. Yeah, it's just really important that people build um, 
build their network. People have gotten jobs that have come into our brew day when they meet and then, oh, so-and-so, I met so-and-so at at Wildcard's thing. And breweries host all around the world um, on March the 8th. And, um, yeah, and we're the the Walthamstow And it's still still quite a male-dominated industry, isn't it, brewing, I guess? Yeah, it is, but things are moving in a positive direction for sure. I, I think of, of the change from when I started to now. It's, yeah. it's been incredible to see. And I know you said you needed or you, you find it helpful to have that, you know, extra education that you've you've given yourself. But do you think women who might be listening who want to get into brewing, like there is, there's opportunity there, there's, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. Um, the, there is opportunity there, absolutely. And it's the sort of thing where I think it's important because sometimes we're not in a, in a perfect world. Um, in the brewing world, just like a lot of other industries, yeah. there, there's a bit of a glass ceiling. And um, it's it's important that you uh, build a resilience within your, your yourself because yeah. it will be tested yeah. and also your the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. So, there's, so, so in London, there's the Crafty Beer Girls. They're uh, just a group who meet up once a month and have a drink in a pub in London. Right. Um, in in Birmingham, there's the Brown Beer Babs. In, uh, <laughs> I uh, love uh, that. Um, there's the, uh, gla- uh, the Glaswegian Ladies. Um, there's the uh, Liverpool-based Ladies That Beer. Great. So you have these <clears throat> communities all around the, yeah, the country great. that that some people are just beer fans. They yeah. only want to come out and have a drink. And some people <laughs> are going, uh, are PhDs in um, in malt or, or yeast science. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just important to, to have friends. Great. I love that. And what about you? What else have you got coming up this year? Oh, uh, what else have I got Apart coming up? Apart from being the most influential woman in beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, isn't no, it? No, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Get a badge. <laughs> um, so, what, what to this year? The food program on the BBC Radio Four is keeping me very busy. Yeah. Um, so I, I I got to do my first um, punt at politics. Uh, I, I I did a program on uh, food and Brexit, yeah. which is a popular topic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is really fun. So um, so that's keeping me very busy. Just um, just just. Just working hard, really, yeah, yeah. and taking the opportunities as they come. Definitely. Um, and I was just going to mention where people can um, keep up to date with what's happening. So at Wildcard Brewery, that's got details of the, the Women's, the Women's Day, Day Brew yeah. event. Um, and Jager Wise, which is your own Instagram. Insta, yeah. yeah. And that's J-A-E-G-A-W-I-S-E. <laughs> I can spell. Um but yeah, thanks for coming to chat to us today. It's been such a brilliant and educational chat. Thanks Thank you again, so Jago. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For more information, head to olivemagazine.com and look out for our Love Your Local campaign online and on our social channels, where we'll be highlighting pubs we love and sharing our favourite recipes from them. You can also share your own favourite pubs with the hashtag OliveLoveYourLocal and we'll include them in our roundups.